Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. The film is called Terrence McNally, Every Act of Life. It tells the story of the groundbreaking life and work of five-time Tony Award-winning playwright Terrence McNally. It's a personal journey through six decades of American theater, the struggle for LGBT rights and triumph over addiction, the power of the arts to shape society, and finding love and inspiration at all ages. The film features such people as F. Murray Abram, Audra McDonald, Christine Baranski, Edie Falco, Nathan Lane, Angela Lansbury, Rita Marino, and many others. It is a wonderful film. It has been um, won a number of awards as well as it's been um, featured on PBS's American Masters. So check this out. Terrence McNally, Every Act of Life. And we're joined today by the director, Jeff Kaufman, and the producer, Marsha Ross. To both of you, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, uh, I'll start with you, Jeff. Uh, what got you interested in a documentary about uh, Terrence McNally? Well, it's several things. Uh, I'm fascinated by artists who um, keep challenging themselves uh, over a long career and find new ways to express themselves. Uh, that can be, you know, uh, it could be Monet. Uh, it could be Terrence McNally. Uh, th- there's a certain um, drive and courage uh, to keep pushing yourself like that. So I, I love that about Terrence. I love the fact that Terrence's work uh, connected both to personal change and to societal change. Um, and Marsha and I had done an earlier film, an earlier documentary about the um, origins of the marriage equality movement. And it had a lot of focus on the state of Vermont, which really was the kickstone for the national and world marriage equality movement. Uh, we found out that Terrence McNally and his wonderful husband, Tom Curtihy, had a civil union uh, in Vermont. We interviewed them for that film. And prior to even that interview, Marcia and I discussed, uh, you know, no one's ever done a film about Terrence McNally before. And if he turns out to be an interesting guy personally, uh, a nice guy, uh, maybe we should do a film about him. And we were, Marsha can tell you more about this, but we were knocked out when we met Terrence and Tom and we waited a discreet few months and then said, Hey, can we do a film about you? Exactly. I mean, I, I'm a huge theater lover. I grew up in New York going to the theater. It's a great passion for me. So I'd actually seen, you know, almost all of Terrence's plays in the theater. You know, original, you know, not the very early ones, but many, many of his productions here and also uh, in New York and also at the Taper. You know, like Masterclass actually started at the Taper before it went to New York. And uh, when we walked into their apartment, uh, you know, the Tony Awards and the photos with all the people, you know, the legends of the theater in the apartment, it was, you know, just a a heavenly dream come true. Great. Well, the sort of as you work your way into someone's life, you're telling their life story. uh, What are the challenges you found in doing this particular film? Because it sounds like Terrence was very open to almost anything you'd want to talk about. Were there challenges? Were there things you realized that were strengths that you didn't anticipate? Well, well, first of all, Terrence was very open about how much he loved his husband, Tom Curtihy, and able to express his vulnerability and and safety with Tom in a way that was really poetic and beautiful and inspiring for Marcia and me. Uh, we were a couple at the time and we got married actually during the making of this film and part inspired by Terrence and Tom. 
Um, but uh, Terrence was also, you know, it's funny, in the interviews, um, he was really willing to go wherever I pushed him almost. Um, but he strongly said at the beginning, you know, all my life is really in my plays and I don't really have anything to say you know, <laughs> you know about my personal life. Uh, but I, I think one of the things that we found out afterwards, Terrence often said to Marcia and me when the film was done was that he found out so many things about himself that he didn't remember or didn't understand through the process of making the film. Yeah, I was going to say that right before we were beginning our first week of interviews with him in New York, um, I remember he said to me, oh, I, you know, I don't know how to do this. I mean, if you want to talk to me, I mean, I've done tons of interviews about my plays when they're opening, but I've never actually talked about myself. And he was a little unsure whether or not, you know, this was something. But I do think that once he sat down in the chair and I, I mean, I have to say I give Jeff a lot of credit for this. He is he does an enormous amount of research on people before he ever interviews them and finds out a lot of things that most people don't take the time to know. And so he disarms people, I think, at first by asking them interesting questions that no one's ever asked them about things that no one's ever really known about. And that immediately gets people to relax. And once that happened, Terrence completely opened up and he just trusted Jeff. And he, once he started talking, he committed to it, as Jeff said, and then there was really no holding back. Yeah, it was almost cathartic. It's it's a strange thing, Mike, because doing a film about a documentary about someone who's alive and participating, it's almost like a secret pass card that you have where you can enter into someone's life and ask them. Imagine walking up to a stranger and saying, I'm going to ask you the most intimate details of your life and you're going to tell me. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of a cool, empowering. Um, but with someone like Terrence, who has great depths and has changed so many lives in so many ways um you know it was just a phenomenal journey with him you know it, it's funny i remember when we premiered the film at tribeca and i was sitting in back of um nathan and joe and uh we, nathan lane and joe, yeah, montello. joe montello they hadn't seen the film yet you know and and then we had an you know a post-screening panel and they were on it with time bailey and f, f. murray abraham and 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 jeff and terrence and, uh, you know, all of them were saying, wow, I didn't know, you know, they found out things they didn't, but they also really didn't know how much Terrence had impacted each of their careers and lives. They speak of it in the film, yeah. but they didn't know it about each other. And they were really taken aback with that. I want to let our listeners know we're speaking with uh, Jeff Kaufman, the pr director, as well as Marsha Ross, the producer of Terrence McNally every act of life and let's take a step back and kind of discuss Terrence McNally's place in the pantheon of theater and uh, and, and some of his works that sort of were breakthrough works for him um, so I'll tee that up for either one of you who, who do you want which one do you want to take well let me start by saying that Terrence McNally was the first major openly gay American playwright uh, at the time when he was out and writing and writing about gay people, uh, Edward Albee, Thornton Wilder, Tennessee Williams, uh, William Inge, they were all still in the closet. It was a time when people were terrified of what it could be, mean, even in the theater, uh, to be openly gay, what it could do to your career. Um, and Terrence has lived that kind of open, courageous, confident about himself life on stage and off stage. And that uh, inspiration and impact is just 
you, you can't even measure it. I mean, every major playwright who's come after Terrence, whether it's, uh, you know, Lanford Wilson or whether it's uh, uh, Tony Kushner, uh, owe something to Terrence McNally. Uh, but you also have to think about his journey. I, I love something that Murray Abraham, who also grew up in Texas, uh, and uh, Murray, <laughs> Murray was a hooligan when he was young, and he talks about just how awful conservative Texas was to young gay people uh, in his time. And uh, Terrence grew up in Corpus Christi, Texas in the 1950s, a gay man uh, confident about who he was. And um, the fact that he made that journey from there to New York um, and to be the pioneer he was on stage and off is really remarkable. You know, speaking about the work, what I find most interesting and I think I really thought a lot about it while we were making the film about you know why isn't Terrence always you know more recognized than we believe that he should be and I'm, I'm so glad you know that he really is is that you can't really pigeonhole him and I think that's what really makes him remarkable because yeah he did write plays you know groundbreaking plays you know with gay characters very normal gay characters you know people that were just people but he also wrote extraordinary roles for women and he wrote books for musicals and you know writing books for musicals is a very underrated art it's very very difficult to do that and he had tremendous success particularly adapting other work from you know the full monty and and ragtime and you know I, I, the last one he did was anastasia but he did many of those things and 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 he did comedy and he did drama and he wrote tour de force you know monologues for men and women and gay people and straight people so people couldn't really pigeonhole him and also what i think i love about terence is you know he put politics and you know subtly but it was there in a lot of the work his politics you know his beliefs about things and uh when you really go back and, and look at the arc of the work, it's pretty extraordinary what one person was able to do. You know, comedy and drama, you know, books for musicals, so many things, and he did them all really well. What sort of impact has your film had on the place in theatrical history that Terrence McNally has? You want to answer that? I, I, I would leave it to others to say what impact the film has on, on some level. Uh, but I think, as Marsha was saying, one of the difficulties for Terrence with critics has been how hard it is to pigeonhole him. Mm. And that goes back to that courage, that bravery, that, that, that ability to try dramatically different things. It doesn't allow you to be put in a convenient, you know, um, box that people can define you by. And I think that has had, uh, Nathan Lane talks about that, talked about this. Um, we didn't use that part in the film, but he talks about how, because Terrence is so protean in what he's done, uh, it's in some ways limited with critics. Um, it's been very gratifying to see this film come out and, uh, quite a dialogue, um, come about Terrence's impact. Uh, and we've had people from all over the country say, oh, my God, Terrence's work changed my life. Yeah. Uh, and we've had, you know, major critics, again, talk about the fact that uh, there's so much to explore in, in his work. And, and again, I would just say that uh, almost no major playwright would be doing the work they're doing now uh, if it wasn't in some ways for the inspiration of Terrence. One of the things that Terrence would say this that he found and he shared with us that the work, sometimes, you know, people knew the plays, but they didn't really connect that it was the same person, Terrence McNally. 
And I think one of the things we found with the film is how much people realized that the things that they loved, the, the material that they knew was actually written by the same person, and that person was Terrence McNally. I also wanted to share one story, which is one of my favorite stories. It's about the Ritz and how many people that we met along the way who, you know, young men actually, who had a DVD of that film and that was sort of their first introduction to a character, an openly gay character that accepted themselves and had a really great life. And it meant so much to their lives to have that. And they watched it over and over again, you know, and it was it, it really was just such a positive experience for them. We heard that story a lot. Marsha, I thought you were actually going to say a different favorite story that you have, which is that uh, Terrence was talking about the men he'd been with. And, you know, he had this seven-year affair relationship uh, with Edward Albee during the time that Edward Albee wrote Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf uh, and uh, several other significant uh, relationships with directors and actors. Um, and at one point he was talking about uh, his relationship with Bobby Dreyfus, the actor and, and award-winning director. And he said, you can quote it better than I can, but um, he said – you well, know, Bobby, Bobby wanted to, yeah. Bobby wanted to be a successful director more than he wanted to have a relationship, and I didn't want that more than being a, a writer, a successful writer. I wanted to have a good relationship. I wanted to be in love. Well, can I add to that too? I think one of the main themes that runs throughout Terrence's plays, and it's in Frankie and Johnny, it's probably it's one of his most powerful things he ever wrote. I think, which Murray actually reads in the film is we have to connect we just have to connect and i think human connection was one of terence's main themes throughout his entire work you know it was relationships were hugely important to him his friendships were hugely important to him being happily married you know loving somebody having that human connection and you know especially with tom you know the last 17 years of his life but um, throughout his work i mean that is a driving force his own desire to connect his own desire to have that the kind of relationship that he wanted above all else and he does speak about that but it's also in all of the plays yeah. and that's that's what's really something if you really sort of look at it it's it's a big theme for him has terence mcnally's so openness about his sexual orientation caused people to go back and reassess the works of, of tennessee williams of and edward albee what sort of impact has just the way that he lived his life focused a, a lens on the work of of playwrights who who did not live the same kind of life that Terrence did uh, Terrence I don't think would be judgmental about other playwrights uh, everyone has their own path uh, a playwright starting a decade earlier than Terrence had enormous pressures that they had to face um, but I think the universal message of Terrence's work is also a message for all of our lives, which is being true to yourself and, mm -hmm. and finding who you are. So if you're a writer, an artist, you know, doing any kind of work, um, how do you express who you really are, not right. trying to be someone else? Uh, Oscar Wilde has, uh, has a, a wonderful line that's something like, uh, um, you know, if you're going to write, write for yourself because everyone else is taken. Uh, and, uh, but that's, you know, whether you're a writer or just trying to live your life, be true to yourself. Right. And, and that's, that's really Terrence's underlying well, message. Right. I, I think my question was more focused on the reassessment of the works of, not necessarily, yeah, is that... No, no. Yeah, I, I'll answer that to, for me. You know, I, I actually don't, 
I didn't experience that making the film in any way. You know, we didn't really come across that. I think what we really came across as an assessment is how much the work of Terrence McNally, hmm. you know, the arc of his personal life and career as an openly gay man really impacted others. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that more than anything, I think that was really important to him. I think he really enjoyed hearing from people how their how that part of his life, you know, really impacted them more than what came before him or even the people that he knew and had been involved with. Yeah. And I think that's another way to get to that answer also, which is that uh, Terrence, when he was a young man uh, in New York City, uh, through a contact at the actor studio, got a job. Uh, working for John Steinbeck uh, and being the tutor to John Steinbeck's two young boys on a European tour. And they became very good friends. Uh, and uh, Steinbeck uh, really respected and cared for Terrence and was a big influence on him. And Terrence talked, um, again, this isn't in the film. It's in the book that came along with the film, if, you, if people were interested. There's oh, yeah, a, we should talk about that, but there, we'll get There's to a that. book as well. Uh, but Terrence talks about traveling with Steinbeck through Italy and people coming up to him with dog-eared copies of Steinbeck's books that have been read and passed, read by person by person by person and passed on. And, and he said, you know, Steinbeck was a popular writer. And so he didn't always get the critics' attention, but he, he affected people's hearts and, and meant something to him. And he said, if I'm going to choose, that's the kind of writer I want to be. You know, also what's so interesting is when we started the project, I, I did a – you know, obviously I put Terrence McNally on my Google alerts. And one of the things I found with that is that almost, I mean, really many, many times a week, sometimes every day, someplace, you know, in an English speaking country, particularly like in America, in Canada, in Australia, somebody was doing one of his plays. His plays are performed constantly in theaters all around the world and in regional theaters in this country. And I, I know, and he often popped in and saw them. You know, he loved going to the theater, the smallest theater he would go to. And um, I think that was very meaningful to him, that his plays continued to have a wonderful life. I want to talk about what's in the film as well in terms of uh, the interviews you did with Terrence are, are wonderful. He does seem so very open. And so uh, he, he just seems like a, a relaxed person to be around. And now I know given what we see in the film, the arc of his life, there were some pretty intense times in his life. But he uh, seemed to have found it, uh, this very peaceful place for himself in his life. He seemed very happy in those interviews. And one of the other things that comes across is I mentioned some of the people who are in the film and uh, just the real love of, of, of that they shared in the film uh, for him. And as you mentioned, the impact that, that they had on his their careers and it, it's just, it really is such a heartwarming film to watch. I don't know if I have a question except to congratulate you on your work here. Well, thank you. You know, just to follow up on one little thing you said, which was that Terrence had a lot of struggles. Uh, you know, he, his parents were alcoholics and that was a big scar on his life. Yeah. And uh, it was thanks to the... Uh, uh, efforts of Angela Lansbury and others that Terrence was able to get sober. Yeah. Uh, he had a big crisis then knowing whether he could write or not sober. Right. Uh, you know, also, he was addicted to cigarettes and that almost killed him. Uh, so uh, it wasn't an easy journey, but you're right. People did love him. And so the, the fact that we could get, you know, Rita Moreno and Sheila Rivera and Nathan Lane and Angela and others uh, wasn't really our skill. <laughs> It was the love of Terrence McNally. He really loved actors, you know. He absolutely loved actors, and he loved finding new people. 
um, that he could fall in love with, but he, you know, as actors, but he, you know, he wrote for people and that's the thing. I mean, you know, when he says, you know, it's all, it's all in the plays, you know, actually uh, Maria Callas says that it's all in the work, but you know, it, he, he did put himself into the work, you know, his feelings, many things that he believed in are in the work, but he found actors that were, became his muses who were able to speak on his behalf and communicate as he wished to communicate his own words in, you know, when he, they performed. And that's why you often see, you know, like, you know, Jimmy Coco and Murray, you know, Nathan, you know, so many actors worked with him over and over again because he really felt, and he wrote for them and he wrote stuff for them because I think he felt that they understood, you know, the rhythms of how he wanted people to, to say, you know, the rhythm of the language and, and the humor and the pathos of the language. He loved actors, and it really comes through, and they loved him back. Absolutely, and you mentioned James Coco, who I remember. I used to be a projectionist at, a, at an art house here in Orange County. So we, I saw hundreds of films, a lot of 70s films. And I remember James Coco is always one of those actors that when you saw him, you immediately thought, well, he's really good in this. But then you wouldn't see him. He wasn't a guy that you just saw very often. So when he comes up in the film, I'm like, ah, I remember what a good actor he was. And just to your point, yeah, all of the, and there are a few clips in the film of these uh, people on stage performing some of the more memorable parts of of, uh, their performances for uh, his plays. And it's just wonderful. And I got to say, just Rita Moreno and Cheetah Rivera, seeing seeing them, they are ageless. My God, these... These are just uh, American treasures, really, American icons of, of theater. And I, it's great. There's just so many great people in the film. So, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And they're all and incredibly it, lovely. And, I mean, really, they're so lovely, so generous with their time and with the interviews, I felt. I think there's one little lesson for your students, if I could pass it on on behalf of Terrence, which is that when you talk about Rita Moreno, Terrence McNally, uh, Cheetah, Cheetah Rivera, um, John Cantor. John Can- all, all these people um, are still so alive in their work. Yeah. Still trying to discover new things. Terrence, as an esteemed four-time Tony-winning playwright now, five Tonys, uh, would still go to the most podunk theater to see what people were doing yeah. and who the young actors were and, and, and writing a note to some playwright that no one had ever heard of before, encouraging them. Yeah. Uh, and so... If you want to do good work, and if you want to have a career, and you want to sustain something, you just got to keep your finger on things and, and care. To that point, the the teacher that inspired him. Uh, oh, McElroy, yeah. Um, a great yeah. story, great story. And also, uh, one other actor who's in the film who I just uh, love is uh, Tyne Daly. I, uh, I saw her recently in a wonderful, wonderful two two films called Bread Factory. Um, it, she was amazing in that film. I, I, I don't know why that film didn't get more attention, but uh, it was, she was remarkable. And just, I think there's something about theater actors because I think the, the idea that you're on stage, you're live every night with a different performance, it, it, I think there's something that keeps you so connected and so connected to your, your, inner, your inner self I think that's one of the things that seems to come across. They seem to really embrace life. And I, I don't know if, I think it has something to do with the medium. I think it has something to do with that platform. They have to stay connected in some ways that I don't think other actors necessarily have to do. 
That- well, that's, I think that's one of the things I love about theater. And I spent many, many years as a casting director, many, um, you know, almost four decades as a casting director and, uh, and working really in film and television. And I just always go back to the theater because, you know, in the theater, actors, you know, it's demanded of them with these sustained performances. And also, you know, it's, it's you, if you see somebody do a show over and over again, you also see, you know, the sort of the performance evolve and or there's, you know, kind of a reaction in some ways to the audience as well. You know, but you, you, they have to be present. You know, they, they have to stay there. You know, your eyes can choose to watch who you want. And film and television actors don't really have that luxury. You know, they do many takes, but someone else is deciding where your eyes going. Yeah. You know, an editor yeah. and director is deciding who you're really going to watch in that scene and which is the best version. And when it's done, it's done. And, and um, you know, it's very, it's, there are more demands. Um, and there's more demands in many ways on an audience to watch the theater. Um, but I just find, and I, and I, to be honest, I'll admit something very honestly, as I've gotten older, you know, I have found that when I see a performance on stage that I just love, I, I weep because I just think it's so extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a, my dad is a huge theater fan. He goes all the time. So um, I'm, I, it's in the family, certainly, that, that that's yeah. a part, part of our, our, our little shared culture. But we, we look forward to the time when people can go back to the theater. Yes, we do. Yes, and we do. I, I think, you know, the love of theater, you know, so many people just love the theater. You, you find that, you know, particularly making this film, of course, because we were among so many people whose lives were the theater. But those people, you know, they're just so passionate about it and love it so much. And so many people say, as I would say from my own life, um, you know, it, it rescues people. You know, it rescues people. Finding the theater becomes a great passion for many, many people and is transformative. You know, it creates a community. It creates connection, a love of something outside yourself. And I, I, I saw that over and over again, you know, connecting with people making the film. Yeah. Well, it is, uh, it's a terrific documentary film. Terrence McNally, Every Act of Life. I, I want to thank both of you for being here today on, on Film School Radio. We've been talking with the director, Jeff Kaufman, and the producer, Marsha Ross. The film is Terrence McNally, Every Act of Life. Thank you both. This has been a really wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for being here today on Film School Radio. It's been great for us, too. Thank you. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Radio.